Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. This week, I am interviewing Ed Tracy, who is Vice President of Supply Chain and Sustainability at IFPA, which is the International Fresh Produce Association. If you're someone that eats food, then you have dealt with members of the IFPA. They're the, the growers and the uh, processors and the retailers and the technology suppliers for food. And this is uh, something that we can all relate to. We all eat uh, and none of us want to get sick. Um, and uh, we have an interest in uh, making sure that these uh, systems are, are safe and efficient. Uh, but also as technologists, it's a huge opportunity. We have legislation that's coming uh, that's going to force investment, but it's not a blank check. So Ed is going to explain to us a bit about FISMA, uh, the Food Safety Modernization Act. He's going to uh, tell us a bit about the context and the problems that are being solved and where the opportunities are. So I think you're really going to enjoy Ed. He's, he's a, a, a great character. Uh, with enormous experience. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you do. The Mr. Beacon Ambient IoT podcast is sponsored by Williot, bringing intelligence to every single thing. Well, Ed, welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. It's great to have you on. Well, thank you, Mr. Beacon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this podcast kind of started off all about Bluetooth and uh, indoor location and asset tracking. And then we realized, and, and, and our audience is uh, entrepreneurs, solution designers, and just people that want to learn about this stuff. And we figured out pretty quickly that you need to understand what the technology is being used for. And I think that's where you come in. Uh, you, are, you have a catbird seat on um, an industry that is, is really uh, embracing and needing um, uh, active uh, trace, traceability uh, technology. And uh, there's lots of different tech that's being used. So what I want to do in this discussion is learn a bit about your market, your organization, um, what you do, and some of the things that are driving technology adoption and standards uh, in the fresh produce area. And we're just coming up to the big uh, trade show that uh, your organization sponsors in, uh, in Orlando. So I'm, I'm going I'm to go there. I'm excited about that. But maybe we should take a step back and for you to introduce yourself and your organization. All right. And I'm Ed Tracy. I am the vice president 
of uh, supply chain and sustainability with the International Fresh Produce Association. And IFPA, um, or as Europeans know us, IFA, IFPA, uh, <laughs> uh, was formed uh, by the joining or uniting of two uh, uh, great uh, produce uh, trade associations, uh, the United Fresh Produce Association and who I work for, Produce Marketing Association. We uh, united and came together on January 1st uh, uh, this year, 2022. And um, we're uh, doing more of the same, deeper, wider, and bigger. And the show you uh, uh, mentioned is our uh, Global Produce and Floral uh, show in Orlando at the end of October. And, um, uh, you know, it's a, uh, a, a, a expo and education and a really a meeting of, as I tell people, uh, 22,000 of my closest friends in the industry. And um, our, we also put on approximately 28 or 29 other events around the world. Our global uh, uh, show is our uh, largest, but we um, do a food service show, a retail show, a couple floral, um, uh, and um, a host of other uh, regional shows. And we have... 2,900-ish uh, uh, members and uh, member companies, and every employee of that uh, company is a member of ours. Um, we have uh, an, a full-blown affiliate in Australia, New Zealand, based in Melbourne, Australia, IFPA, uh ANZ or Australia, New Zealand, and they deal with that part of the world. They're um, like a franchisee. We're uh, very, uh, uh, we're financially and uh, uh, content wise uh, very connected. They put on a show. Um, in addition to that, we have country councils. Um, which is a group of um, uh, members who uh, come together to uh, address uh, local issues um, in their operating uh, region. We have country councils in South Africa, uh, Brazil, Mexico, Chile, and I think that's it. Um, mm -hmm. And then... Um, we have over a thousand volunteer members who serve on uh, a council or a committee. The country councils are uh, an example of that. On top of that, we have 
uh, food service uh, council and retail council and organic council and government affairs and political action. And uh, in my uh, world, I work in the science and tech uh, area. We, I have a supply chain council, a sustainability council, a product identification committee. We have a technology council. We, uh, in our food service area, we've uh, probably the largest council is our food uh, food safety council, and we through those we bring industry together and address. Uh, concerns and challenges as a a, a whole industry, um, and um, in addition, we're involved in other uh, initiatives, coalitions, or uh, um, you know um, things that aren't solely owned or uh, you know managed by us and one of those is the produce traceability initiative um, and that um, was a an industry-led initiative to address uh, I guess the lack of uh, traceability whole chain traceability within our industry and that uh, was formed, Back in 2008 and 2009, um, after the 2006 uh, spinach uh, food uh, E. coli issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that proved to our industry was we don't have our act together as far as being able to track and trace and recall um, product when there's an issue mm-hmm. and one of the challenges um you know we've always had and this really highlighted and um is we operate in a commodity market where brand is really the third or fourth uh decision criteria when consumers buy uh fresh produce um it's quality it's price, it's uh, perception of uh, food safety, and mm-hmm. then brand may come in. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, one of the challenges we have is when you, uh, you know, people get sick and they get asked, what do you eat? I think mm-hmm. I ate, you know, mm-hmm. lettuce or tomatoes or you know, this or that. When you ask them, what brand of tomatoes did you eat? Hey, you know, you get a blank stare. When you ask someone what brand of mayonnaise you ate, you can guarantee they can, not only can they tell you, they can go to their shelf and, and grab the jar and say, yeah, this is it. And I right. put this on my sandwich two weeks ago and, you know, turn it over. Here's a lot number and, um, you know, they can uh, proceed from there. With us operating in a commodity market and and all the way through the uh, consumer and highly perishable product, by the time you get sick enough, 
go to a doctor, that product, if it had any packaging, and only half uh, the product here uh, in this uh, side of the pond is packaged, the rest is loose, um, even if you had it, that's in the landfill somewhere being recycled. Um, and so um, the industry got together and one of the reasons or one of the uses uh, of their uh, trade associations is we can and we're very good at forming and managing uh, initiatives like this. So back then, uh, United Fresh and PMA, of which we are both now and the Canadian Produce Marketing Association were asked by their members to create this initiative and, you know, lead us and and take us uh, from uh, where we need to go. Um, We quickly brought in GS1 because uh, that's the language our industry speaks, uh, business uh, to business, and we created the Produce Traceability Initiative. Amazing. Um, what what is uh, what's progress like? Uh, so you know, I remember that spinach uh, E. coli uh, uh, scare, and it was more than a scare; it was real. People got sick. Uh, but my kind of yeah. yeah, my my recollection is. Basically, all the spinach in the country basically got thrown away, and obviously that's uh, uh, tremendously yeah. wasteful. Uh, uh, I, I don't know uh, whether that's actually what happened, but uh, that's, that's my perception. No, you're uh, spot on, um, and it was the largest recall to to date, if you will, and. Um, Given the lack of progress of the uh, FDA and local uh, state officials in identifying the source of the uh, contaminated product, um, FDA went to uh, and CDC went to the press and said, you need to tell people uh, fresh, frozen, doesn't matter, if it's uh, spinach, throw it out, or it could kill you. And what was happening, and there was a little over 200 people sick, and uh, five people died. And it was uh, one uh, seen uh, from end of August uh, 06, every week another person would die, and then... Finally, uh, uh, FDA uh, said, you know, we got to throw all spinach. You can imagine uh, what it did uh, to our reputation as an industry. Um, Our consumers thought we had a much better uh, way of uh, tracing our product and executing recalls. And um, what happened, um, you know, the the human uh, life, was, that was uh, paramount on driving us. You know, we killed our um, people who ate this product. Five of them died. One was a two-year-old boy 
uh, named Kyle Allgood, uh, whose mother made him a spinach smoothie, and it killed him. Uh, The other four were elderly uh, ladies, and that really rocked the industry. And we said, you know, collectively, we got to, we're better than this. We got to be better. And um, that's why um, uh, we uh, got together and and got uh, great input. And all the uh, CEOs of the uh, industry-leading companies across the supply chain banded together and said, what do you need uh, for us to do? We need to do it. Um, And, you know, uh, as well... um, you know, livelihoods were wiped out. Multi-generation uh, grower and, and processors of spinach were instantly out of business, um, and there was a tremendous uh, financial impact. Um, but that was secondary to the health impact uh, of those affected people. As well... Because uh, we, uh, you know, consumers were aware that, oh, spinach isn't safe. Well, the consumption of other leafy greens went down. And uh, what was the shame is um, we're the only uh, product you can eat that if you eat more, you'll be healthy and healthier. <laughs> And yes. no other uh, commodity or uh, food group can claim that. We yeah. have it. And, uh, yeah. you know, the uh, uh, nutrition conference at the White House last week was uh, a, a long overdue. But uh, the main theme of that was uh, we need to get our uh, U.S. consumers eating more healthy products, fruits and vegetables in order to improve their health. Um, So uh, roll forward um, 10 or 12 years after the initiative, we landed on a standardized case labeling, barcoded case label um, uh, process using GS1 uh, standard label. And uh, last count, Around, uh, we're uh, creeping up on 70% of all cartons in the U.S. supply chain are PTI uh, compliant and labeled with PTI labels. Uh, and put that in perspective. Um, so the PTI is Produce Traceability Initiative. Trace- is it? Initiative. Yeah. It, has its own website, producetraceability.org. There are 25-plus best practices and guidance documents and uh, everything you need to know about uh, doing this and executing and uh, creating your labels is on the website. And we spent thousands of hours um, on that effort. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's been beneficial um you know there are somewhere around six billion cases of produce in the u.s supply chain which means we've got over four billion labels being applied every year 
Um, not a bad measure of uh, success, but I won't be happy until we have six billion uh, mm-hmm. labels being applied. Um, roll forward um, in 2011, the uh, U.S. government introduced the uh, Food Safety Modernization Act. Um, which outlined in uh, Section 204 of that act uh, talked to uh, traceability specifically. And, um, you know, we had been quite involved with PTI, uh, with the uh, uh, FDA, and letting them know what we're doing, how we're uh, uh, making out, and and um, knowing the uh, FISMA uh, regulations were coming, we wanted to ensure that they would align with what we had created, and they did uh, when they're finally uh, uh, the initial draft was released. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we still had recalls. We're still... Um, uh, affected the health of uh, many uh, people in this country. Um, we had a couple of bad uh, bouts with cantaloupes, and the, the worst was in Colorado, uh, where um, 44 people lost their lives. And we're able to successfully and fairly quickly identify um, the source of that. And that was good. Um, then a couple of years later, we had uh, a spat of romaine recalls. And mm-hmm. uh, some of those were able, able to identify the source quickly. Some we were not. And we think um, they, they weren't specific to a, a field or a processing plant, but they're in the possibly the environmental area, possibly uh, water source uh, was mm-hmm. contaminated, and, but we did narrow it down to an area. Um, and then um, a good thing happened, I believe, for our industry. Uh, Frank Yanis, uh, who was a VP of food safety at Walmart, um, who was a big proponent of PTI, joined FDA as uh, deputy commissioner. And mm-hmm. traceability in the uh, regulation was uh, his uh, in his uh, area of uh, responsibility. Um, and then uh, we saw the uh, FISMA 204 draft rule. Um, it w- probably 90% aligned with uh, PTI. There were uh, some elements uh, that we as an industry uh, felt uh, added no value to executing a trace back and recall, and we let them know that. And when, you know, I put together a committee uh, to write the comments uh of our members, and we submitted those and were anxiously awaiting uh, the final rule, uh, which has to be um, 
to the Federal Register by November 7th. And then it'll be probably a couple weeks uh, process um, after that that it'll be uh, made public. And then um, our our effort in compliance uh, starts. Up till now, PTI's been voluntary. Uh, they will not uh, and cannot say uh, you need to you know implement PTI. But if PTI solves ninety five percent of the solution, uh, mm-hmm. our industry already knows uh, what direction we're going. And um, the last 5%, and, um, you know, we've been very good at labeling the cases on the front end of the Mm -hmm. uh, supply chain, on the packing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, process, the the rule of thumb. When the product goes in the box, the label goes on the box. Mm -hmm. Um, What's been lacking, and uh, Walmart's done a good job and a couple of other retailers, Knox and Publix, uh, on using and capturing and storing that information. Mm. And what FISMA 204, uh, if the draft rule is a good indication, um, all those subsequent receivers of fresh produce will have to do their part in uh, capturing and storing and being able to report back out down to the lot number level to the regulators when requested. And in a sortable spreadsheet format within 24 hours. Interesting. So you've this is like uh, more than I could have asked for in terms of an overview of what's happening in this space. And I, I find it really uh, interesting. Uh, there's a few kind of detailed questions. Just So where are we in terms of the, the legislation? So you mentioned there was uh, FISMA and you said 204. Is it t- 2004 or 2004? No, it's uh, Section 204. FISMA so Section is a mile-long document, and yeah. Section 204 of FISMA deals with uh, uh, food traceability. And, okay. uh, it, uh, and it only applies to around 20-ish commodities that are on the food traceability list are currently on the list. Uh, However, um, our industry and major buyers have indicated that um, they cannot support one process in their business uh, for tomatoes and leafy greens and uh, uh, sprouts, they need to have one process for all produce. And uh, my background, I uh, came from grocery retail. I ran the distribution operations uh, um, for major uh, retailers. And I agree, you know, it's hard enough to train your people to do it one way. And um, 
asking them if it's a uh, a case of lettuce, do this and capture this information and do it uh, this with it. But if it's strawberries, you you don't have to do, uh, you know, step uh, 5, 7, 9, 11. Um, Mm. That'll never happen. And so we're treating, uh, uh, even though FISMA 204 will uh, deal and address and enforce only a specific list of commodities, we are treating it as if it applies to all produce because the buyers will treat it that way. Well, that's a good thing, I, I guess. Yeah, Consistency yeah. And, means it's going to be implemented. And on items not on the list until it is. Right. Yeah, and yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So so where are we? In t- so you, you mentioned the, the FISMA was created and there's a lot of work that's been going on. Uh, and you mentioned moving on to compliance. So... Um, it's it, it's it's an act that exists. It was passed, but it was phased in. Is that the yeah? The situation? A, an act is a law, and then it has many components, and uh, each of those components um, uh, require regulations. Mm-hmm. FISMA two hundred four is a regulation dealing with, or a series of regulations dealing with. Uh, food traceability. Mm. And uh, we're now in the process is the um, uh, government releases a draft rule. Mm-hmm. First, they uh, hold a series of uh, listening sessions and consultations and learn, and, that, mm-hmm. and they were very, very good at that. Then they draft a first draft rule. They release it. They ask for comments. They got thousands and tens of thousands of comments. They mm-hmm. need to sift through, consider those, update the draft rule, finalize the rule, and then once the final rule is uh, um, drafted, they have to uh, socialize it through a number of government bodies, 
One is the Office of Budget Management. Make sure their regulation is not going to uh, bring financial hardship on the mm-hmm. in overall on mm-hmm. the industry. And you know, there's a whole bunch of uh, checks and balances internal uh, that they have to go through, and then they uh, hand it over to the Federal Register. And that's the agency that officially posts it and mm-hmm. makes it public. And then, um, uh, and they take a couple of weeks from time they get it until that happens. And then, um, as part of the regulation, there's an effective date and an enforcement date. And okay. on the current draft regulation it said the effective date would be 60 days after being posted Mm -hmm. and the enforcement date would be 24 months beyond that Mm -hmm. if that doesn't change um, we're going to be held accountable to the new regulations on traceability Somewhere in middle of January uh, 2025, which is not that far down the road. And right. if you think about uh, some of our major uh, retailers, you know, Kroger last count had 59 di- uh, produce distribution centers mm-hmm. across the country. They have to affect change and they got thousands of stores. They have to change their processes on receiving and capturing and storing and sharing data when uh, requested. And the current regulation requires them to track lot number all the way to an individual store or restaurant. Mm-hmm. They're referred to as retail food establishments. Mm-hmm. But um, they don't do that now. And that's a huge undertaking in order to um, uh, implement that and implement it uh, effectively. So I I just lost track of what you were saying there. So uh, were you talking about like restaurants? When does this Yeah, they're included. And the way the current uh, regulation, uh, draft regulation reads is – any food uh, retail food establishment, uh, and I think they have to have uh, greater than 10 full-time equivalent employees, okay. which eliminates very few. Maybe right. some convenience stores or yeah. a very, very small uh, you know, kiosk in a mall or something like that. But um, anyone with... Uh, 10 or more full-time employees, restaurant or store, needs to track lot number um, by product and be able to produce that within 24 hours in a uh, electronic sortable spreadsheet format to the government if they uh, get the uh, phone call. 
<laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm interested in this uh, on many fronts. One is obviously I am a consumer of food, and so I don't want to get sick. Uh, and I have got sick many times from, uh, but who knows how and why? And I'm really interested in improvements in there because because uh, no one enjoys being sick. Uh, but obviously, I, I work in the technology business. Uh, you know, Williot has uh, auto ID technology that uh, uh, will, will hopefully make uh, conforming to some of these processes easier. And you know, this podcast has a bunch of other folks with competing and uh, different technologies. So I, I'm interested in talking about how technology can help in this process and where people are at and what the problems are. You know, what what can, what can be solved and I think back seven years ago, before I joined Williot, I was a consultant in this space, uh, Bluetooth tagging, Bluetooth beacons, and I uh, had a really fascinating project for a company that made herbs and spices. And they had a very progressive um, guy there. He was actually son of the owner, and he wanted to really shake things up, and he wanted to track everything that came in to their processing plant, everything that went out. He wanted to track every tool, machine, and person who touched what and uh, be able to expose that information, um, you know, get the information from his suppliers and expose it to his customers. He wanted this to be a differentiator, and he just felt like things could be better than they were. And I remember, you know, he struggled tremendously because, you know, a lot of the software systems that they were using had no way of absorbing this information and so forth. So where, where are the opportunities for technology to help in this process? It seems like we have a compelling event. 2025, as you point out, is not far away. If you start now on a new project, you're going to be struggling to get it live in 2025 at any scale. Uh, I assume that the penalties for not conforming uh, are not good. And, and you know, penalties to one side, you pointed out the consequences when things go wrong. It's just bad for the industry. And we want people to be consuming more healthy vegetables and not get sick. It's, it's, it's just the, the right thing. So where are the opportunities? Where are the gaps? Where would you suggest people that are creating software and tools focus their energies? I think, um, and I've been quite vocal about it, is um, companies, and there's been, you know, uh, FDA hailed a challenge, a technology challenge to uh, for uh, technology companies to provide or create low-cost traceability solutions. And that helped. Um and I certainly got interest of uh, Silicon Valley in our challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, a com- if I was running a tech company, I would focus on um, processes or devices that can be integrated into the current work that's being done by people who move boxes of uh, produce uh, through the supply chain from the packing until uh, point of uh, consumer buying. Mm-hmm. And anything you can do to incorporate that into their normal activities rather than, okay, um, we need to put in 
RFID people will kill me, but uh, everyone needs to put a five-cent tag on every carton, and everyone needs to install a fixed uh, RFID reader on mm-hmm. uh, every doorway that produce goes through. Well, that'll be great, and it would work, but uh, implementation uh, rate would be very low because... Mm-hmm. It's huge capital, huge uh, expense, and uh, additional labor. Mm -hmm. Um, If we can capture this information or uh, in current processes or tie it to uh, making your business more efficient, if you did this slight change, uh, you'd improve uh, your productivity or this or that. Oh, and by the way, you'd get uh, traceability uh, components that are required for you. Um, Absolutely. You know, one of the, uh, uh, a good example is in the, and mainly applies to the food service and small uh, store uh, uh, side of the supply chain, but I've seen companies implement uh, for produce deliveries. So food service uh, distributors, um, they've uh, ensured every carton has a PTI label on it uh, Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. fresh produce. And they've implemented um, UBS FedEx style scanning at point of delivery. Mm -hmm. And having run food service, uh, distribution operations and having paid out millions of dollars in unfounded uh, shortage claims, um, you know, um, if you back a truck in and you're unloading 35 cases of produce into a restaurant or a commissary or a small store, you can scan 35 times and give them a clean invoice. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you eliminate your claims department because you scanned it. And mm-hmm. you signed for the scan at time of delivery. Mm-hmm. And um, if the label is on a wrong carton, I'll deal with that. And that's very rare. Um yes. And uh, normally the claims are, I got the uh, cheap stuff and you charge me for the expensive or I only received a 18 or uh, 20 cartons. Yes. Um, company, you know, solutions like that are pay benefits, you know, aside from traceability, they justify themselves and have a very high ROI and I've seen some are fairly easy uh, and standalone to implement and yes. don't require a, you know, um, uh, a SAP or IBM consultant to help you implement. Solutions like that and where companies have thought, okay, how can I solve another problem and piggyback traceability on top of that? And that one is, you know, and had I had that um, functionality when um, in Canada we owned um, 
company I worked for, we owned the largest food service company in the country um, uh, called Circa Food Service. If I, I would have rolled that out to all 34 of my DCs overnight, and right. I would have been a hero. And I right. would have, you know, added tens of millions to the bottom line of the company. Um, yes. You know, solutions like that. That's a great example, but you know, integrated solutions that solve other problems um, because doing something, an additional step or process or system purely for traceability, it's like trying to convince someone to buy more insurance. Where's the ROI? I, you know, I've, you know, my, um, my grandfather started the business. His father ran it. I run it now. And we've never been involved in a uh, food safety recall uh, to date. So why would I change everything I'm doing uh, just for that? But if you can say, hey, you can uh, redeploy, you know, eight of your clerks on your claims desk in in especially an environment where we can't find people um, and, you know, have uh, redeploy them into other areas of your business. Now you got someone listening. Absolutely. I think that's amazing advice. And yeah, so if we can extend shelf life, uh, if we can improve quality, if we can reduce the burden of uh, staff requirements in this time when it's really difficult to get staff, and we can bring people into conformance with the regulations, then that's the way to go. But uh, telling people just to take medicine that's expensive, and they don't even know when they're going to get sick. Well, we all know Bingo. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> we've seen how challenging that is. But if you can help the, help their business at the same time, then we've got a chance at, uh, at, at rising to some of these very important challenges that you've rise, raised. Uh, so, Ed, uh, I gave you like less than five minutes to come up with this list, but what are the three songs that have some meaning for you? What are your three favorite songs? Um. Uh, right now in my life, um, I number one is my favorite artist, uh, Bob Seger, and uh, my favorite song by him is Turn the Page. Mm -hmm. I just think that's a deep and uh, a great song. Um, the uh -huh. uh Second what's, song. But, but before we go on to the second, I just just uh, unpack that a, a little bit. What is it that you get out of that song? What What's the messaging there? It brings me back to my youth. Um, I saw him, I've seen him, I think, eight times. Um, the uh, saxophone by Alto Reed is amazing uh, in the song. And when I hear it, it's about him being on the road uh, touring, and um, I can j always picture myself in his shoes, um, uh -huh. and uh, and you know um, he had long hair and and was you know uh, 
during the song, uh, people say when he walks into a restaurant, is a woman or a man. I had long hair as a teenager, and it was always a fight uh, between my mother and myself on the uh, length of my hair. And so it um, you know, uh, evoked and, and still does a lot of uh, uh, fun uh, moments in my life. That's beautiful. So, are you? Uh, so, so, what? Are you a musician? Do you what? What part of? Uh, 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 what does music mean to you? I can't carry a note in a bag, but I grew up. Uh, my father was a uh, early in his career a professional singer in Ireland, and, um, and that's how we met my mother. My sister uh, has recorded eight or 10 or 12 uh, uh, cassettes and CDs, uh, show you how long she's been doing it. And uh -huh. she's an Irish folk singer, traditional Irish folk music. And uh, my brother um, uh, had a band, you know, through high school and, and early uh, uh, adult adulthood and, um, I was uh, hanging out uh, with them, and I was their roadie, and um, you know they were grudge band plus, if you will. And but I've uh, always hung out with uh, musicians and uh, live music. I love love uh, attending concerts, and I'll listen to just about any live music. Uh, lungs is perform well. Awesome. So I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Scads of musicians through my uh, life, um, and some by chance, and some on purpose. And yeah, um, I just really, really appreciate li good live music. Do you meet? Do you do the meet and greet thing? Sometimes you uh, buy a concert ticket and no, you can, I, like, I'm pay. too cheap to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I I recently went to a Heaven Seventeen concert, which is a kind of an early uh, '80s synth pop band from the UK, and they came to the House of Blues in San Diego and. Uh, my friend uh, knew someone who knew the band, and we had the uh, meet and greet tickets. Oh, we didn't that's cool. Pay for it. Well, it would have been cool, but I think they saw who was in the meet and greet party, which was basically a bunch of sixty-year-old-plus uh, 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 guys, and they decided that they were too tired to do it. But I saw later on in the concert they did do their meet and greet when the when the demographics were slightly different. Oh, okay. <laughs> the organization so that uh anyway uh, that was what it was so song one what uh what's song two uh song uh song two is really um and i've always loved the movie stand by me and the music in that and the uh lead song by benny king uh stand by me and yeah, yeah. it's a especially relevant at this stage in my life uh, with uh, pertaining to my wife. And okay. she's always been uh, with me and standing by me and supporting me. 
And awesome. I uh, first heard the song and saw the movie decades uh, before I met her, but it's very relevant now. Amazing. Great choice. And what's, uh, what's the third song? And the last is uh, back from that uh, era, and uh, it's the memories it evokes in my mind in my childhood and uh, growing up in northern Ontario, and it's uh, sitting on the dock of the bay by Otis Redding. And um, I... uh, 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 grew up in Toronto, but every weekend we had a cottage 160 miles north on Georgian Bay. And uh, my fondest memories were um, pr- probably from six years uh, until I, uh, uh, young adulthood, we ended up moving up to that small town of Perry Sound, selling our business in Toronto and moving up there. And I spent a lot of time on the water around Georgian Bay and and sitting on the dock of the bay. And every time I hear that song, it just takes me right back to a happy place. Awesome. Awesome. So very literal meaning and, and it's yeah. a beautiful one as well. Yeah. Very good. Well, Ed, thanks very much for uh, sharing that with us. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Not a problem. Thanks for uh, uh, forcing me down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, Ed, I, I have really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, we're running out of time, and we haven't. We, I feel like we just scratched the surface. We haven't even got on to sustainability. So uh, I, I want to try and get you back on the show uh, another time, but uh, I, I just want to th- thank you for... Uh, uh, painting this uh, really important picture, and uh, I feel like we just got a bit smarter out of uh, after spending a bit of time with you. Well, I hope uh, you and your audience found it helpful, and I look forward to uh, uh, discussing uh, sustainability. And I'll probably bring my uh, uh, Tamara, my director of uh, sustainability, along. Because uh, she knows far more on that subject than I, but um, you're right. That is a hot, hot, hot topic on sustainability. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. And, uh, you know, again, if we can help make things sustainable and safer uh, at the same time, then uh, that's all to the good. Ed, I look forward to seeing you at the show in uh, in, yeah. in uh, Florida. And uh, I, I really appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. All right. Take care and stay safe. So that was Ed Tracy. And uh, what uh, an amazing uh, character and uh, encyclopedic knowledge he had. I can't wait to uh, meet him in person. We've spoken a few times. Uh, Willie joined uh, the uh, IFPA. Uh, We were in the uh, sustainability challenge that the FDA organized. And and I'm proud to say that we... uh, uh, we were one of the winners of that. Um, and that's really what got me into this space and uh, just a whole world that I hadn't really been uh, aware of, this ecosystem. I think uh, it's a huge ecosystem, uh, but it's one that requires really great solutions. So I think it's a great opportunity um, for uh, a lot of our listeners. And even if you're not going to 
create a, a new traceability system or, or align what you're doing with the new legislation. I hope you found it interesting. Please do tune in next time. We really appreciate your engagement. And uh, we every time you spread the word, you're, you're helping us. And uh, it's, it's really cool when you rate and review us. Once again, thanks a lot for joining us. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.